Welcome to Sport Management Review Insights. I'm your host, Vito Sobral. In the past year, we've all known what it's like to live in a crisis, and for some, several crises. And sport is said to play a vital role in helping us through these times, but how exactly does that occur? Well, that's the topic for this episode. And joining us to discuss this is someone who's published prolifically in the areas of sport and corporate social responsibility. He's a reader in sport management at Manchester Metropolitan University. It's Yuhei Inoue. Welcome, Yuhei. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you on. You've been a co-author on so many uh, right. of our podcasts, and, and now you're, yeah. you're here as, as, the, as an author as well to talk to us, which is great. Yeah, thank you. Yuhei and co-authors Daniel Locke, Leah Giluli, Richard Shipway, and Steve Swanson recently published The Organizational Identification and Wellbeing Framework, theorizing about how sport organizations contribute to crisis response and recovery. So Yuhei, as I mentioned, we tend to automatically think that sport is always here to help. It's a great thing in a crisis. Mm-hmm. It's going to get us out of all these messes. And, but how did this research help our understanding of sport's role in, in the crisis? So I would say... Uh... Prior to our framework, our paper, we knew that sports can make a contribution to crisis recovery. And there are many examples like this of how sports organizations, events, and programs increase a sense of hope during a crisis. And you know, I have some examples for my personal experience. Um, you know, in 2011, uh, the largest earthquake and tsunami happened in Japan. That's where I'm from. And I wasn't there at the time in Japan. Now, I was finishing my PhD in the US, but still my family and friends were affected by the earthquake disaster. And I was very worried about them. And also I felt helpless and hopeless. And I felt isolated because I wasn't there to help my uh, you know, friends and family. So I depressed and essentially I had a low level of well-being. But later in the year, Japan women's national football team won the World Cup in Germany. And that was actually a miracle win because you know, Japan was an underdog, but they made it all the way to the World Cup and essentially won the tournament. So that really increased my excitement, but also by seeing how other Japanese people you know, cheered for the team, and also I, how I felt that I was part of the group that supported you know, the team. And you know, even though I was in the States, so I wasn't supporting uh, the team physically with them, but psychologically, I felt I connected uh, with uh, you know, my fellow Japanese citizens and friends and family. And then essentially that increased my sense of well-being. So I think there are many examples like this, again, across the world, and that has been often reported in media. But what was lacking in the literature was more of the comprehensive framework or process or mechanism that explain how or why sports can make a positive contribution to crisis. Now, we knew sports can make a contribution, but we didn't know how or why, and through the framework we presented in the paper, we essentially answer this question. So, so I think that's a unique contribution, a unique value that we made uh, to the literature on the role of sports in crisis recovery. 
And it is fascinating how you come to experience something. And you, I find that a lot of researchers do that. We experience something mm-hmm. and then we think, oh, this is, this is related to something broader right. and, and the that's research right, yeah. topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And funnily enough, I was at that game between okay, uh, that, that, Japan and the USA know, yeah. in Frankfurt. Okay. Uh, I was actually reporting at the time. So I remember what yeah. it was like for Japan. It was an extraordinary right, yeah, moment. Yeah, that, so I can, that's I can great imagine. to know. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, in terms of, of considering this an important research topic, you said there that yeah, it hadn't been done and, and you had that experience. So how did those two come together? At what point did you realize, look, we really need to consider this as an important research topic. We, we need a framework. How did that come about? Yeah, I think we came up with this idea during the COVID-19. And uh, I think, you know, if I remember correctly, that was April about 2020. So at that time, there's no games that are happening. There are no sporting events, sporting programs, so because everything got canceled, everything got suspended. And you know, I was thinking, okay, so there's no game happening, but still I believe you know, sports can make a positive contribution to society. But how can we explain this? Typically we think that games or events kind of increase a sense of hope. But in the COVID-19, especially the early part, there's no game that are happening. But still, I thought that we need something to be able to explain this and you know, try to help sports organizations to maximize their contribution to crisis recovery. So, so I think that, that is kind of a how I thought about the need for creating a framework. And essentially, we focused on this concept of organizational identification or, uh, or a sense of oneness with sports organizations because this can happen without having a game, you know, without attending a game. You know, people can identify with sports organizations, even the uh, lack of a normal services that are delivered by sports. Yeah, so that's kind of how I came up with this idea. Once you come up with the idea, okay, we, we need a framework for, for this. And, and I think this is really important for understanding how this, uh, this research came about and, and the research topic. How did you go about it? What was the process of actually considering how we come up with the framework? Okay, we got the idea. But now how do we go about doing this uh, actual proposition of putting a, a framework forward? Uh, so I think that's a great question. And I say there's no one way to do this, but there's no systematic way of creating a framework. But essentially what we did was, you know, first we read the related literature to try to find our focus. And essentially we focused on social identity approach. But once we found our focus, then we started by creating a visual representation of our idea. So essentially we created a framework as a figure. And you know, this is the initial framework. So actually this would be very different from what we presented in a paper. But first we created this framework and then started uh, with our courses to ensure that you know, this represent our ideas. And then you know, had some discussions with Daniel, Leah and other courses to further improve this framework. And once we are happy about visual representation, then we started actually writing the paper. And so we, we put the ideas in writing and paragraphs to ensure that what we're saying is logical and consistent. And then you know, through this process, we also changed 
visual representation because you know, there are some inconsistency. So we try to improve the framework. And then once we develop the paper and then submit it to the journal, of course, there are a revision process. And we received a, you know, a couple of comments from reviewers. And these are excellent comments. You know, uh, the two reviewers are very constructive on our framework uh, and also our paper. So we received feedback. And based on feedback, we changed you know, some components of the framework. So I would say you know, this is kind of the product of negotiation and communication discussion within the author team, but also with the reviewers you know, during the review process. Now in the, in the paper, you firstly discuss social, uh, social identity, uh, which I thought was interesting because it's not the first thing I would think of when we're looking at sport and crisis. Can you tell us a bit more about that and why you, you thought that was an important topic to discuss first? Yeah, so according to social identity approach, you know, we define ourselves not only based on our personal identity, you know, such as who I am, based on personal values or norms, but also based on our group or social identity you know, that come from membership in certain social group, you know, such as communities we live and nationalities, religions and political groups, or you know, can be leisure and sports groups. And once we identify with a given group, and then we use social identity as part of our self-concept. Then the group membership can influence our behavior and also our reaction to social events, such as a crisis. So I think you know, we see, for example, in during the COVID-19, you know, people who affiliated with certain political parties you know, tended to kind of ignore these public health regulations. And whereas people who identified with other political parties tend to protect all the regulations. So again, group membership and identity in relation to the membership can influence our behavior. So given this, you know, we thought that by focusing on social identity and its impact on our behavior and also our response to crisis, we can better explain the role of sports, a sports organization in promoting recovery. Because you know, there's a literature on the large literature on how sports organization can be a source of a group identity. Now, people identify with sports organizations. And once we identify with sports organizations, we follow the norms and values that are shared within the sports organization. And, and we, when we respond to social events, you know, such as a crisis. So that's kind of how we decided to focus on social identity approach because that can explain our collective behavior and our collective response to a situation like a, like a crisis. And based on that, you, you also consider organization identification and well-being framework. So can you tell us a bit more about these two concepts and how they relate to the framework? Organizational identification is a, essentially a one type of social identification. So it is about a sense of oneness or self-categorization with sports organizations. And you know, sports organizations can include a range of organizations, you know, such as sport teams, sporting clubs, leagues, 
and non-profit organizations and for, for example, sports for development organizations. And consistent with social and approach, we propose that once we identify with sports organization, and then we tend to follow the norms and values that are shared in the members of sports organization in responding to any of the situation. And that has an implication for our behavior, our reaction uh, in relation to a crisis. So that's about the organizational identification. And in terms of well-being, we defined well-being as an optimal fun functioning in addition to our physical, mental, and social well-being. So physical well-being is about physical health, and mental well-being you know, includes, for example, life satisfaction and happiness. And finally, social well-being is about you know, sense of belonging, you know, collective esteem, and also uh, social life satisfaction. So this is how we define uh, well-being uh, in our paper. And from this, you developed some propositions, which I assume is, is the framework that you, you're, you're putting forward. So what were those propositions based on all this understanding and how that relates to, to sport crisis or to crises and sport? Right. So if we look at our framework, then we can divide the framework into two parts. So the organization identification, this is in the middle. And left part is about how sports organizations can promote organization identification in times of crisis. And to explain this, we um, essentially adapted the social identity approach to leadership. And this leadership approach explains whether people identify with a group depends on the role and communications of leaders within the organization or groups. So for example, in the context of sports organizations, the leaders of the organizations can be CEOs and president and managers of the sports organization. And they can enhance identification among members of the organizations. In this process, we provided a proposition that explained that if leaders of sports organizations want to promote identification in times of crisis, they have to do two different things. The first thing is they have to define the identity of sports organizations in an inclusive manner. So people who are affected by a crisis is considered in-group members of the organizations. So typically sports organizations focus on their fans or official members or maybe employees and season ticket holders in regular time for the members. But in times of crisis, they have to broaden the idea of members to include anyone that was affected during the crisis. And also leaders have to create the meaning or content of identity so that when people think about sports organizations during crisis, they think that's about supporting others, or making contribution, promoting the well-being of others. So if this meaning is created in relation to the organization's identity, then leaders of sports organizations can promote identification among potential and current members of the organizations. So that's how we propose about how sports organizations can promote identification in times 
of crisis. And then second part is about, so what are the consequences of developing identification with sports organization in times of crisis? And we said that by identifying with sports organizations during crisis, people can gain a set of psychological resources. Especially we identified five defined psychological resources, including social support, purpose and meaning, and also relatedness, in-group norm and trust, and we call this a sprint pathway. So once people identify sports organizations, they have access to this set of psychological resources. And this access to resources in turn promote their physical, mental, and social well-being. So, so that's kind of an additional set of proposition we propose in the framework. And you can see how that's quite useful considering how sport might react in a crisis, how people might react in a crisis in relation to sport. So that's a, it seems like a, a fascinating proposition. Now, from a broader perspective, what does this all mean for theory, for theoretical understanding? I think there are three different implications in terms of theories that we contribute to the literature. I think the first implication or contribution is that previous research you know, tended to focus on more of the consumer motivation to identify with sports organizations, or they just look at more the business-related outcome of identification with sports organizations, you know, such as more purchase intention, loyalty, and such. But in this paper, we essentially said that identification with sports organizations can have a social value. It can enhance sports organizations' ability to contribute to crisis recovery. So we essentially have shifted our idea of identification in sports to more the social benefit or social value perspective. And the second uh, contribution I can think about is that uh, in this paper, we said leaders of sports organizations can promote identification among members of the organization. Previously, when we tried to explain how sports organizations can promote identification, we tended to focus on the characteristics of the organizations, such as prestige, distinctiveness, and also fit between the customers and the organizations. But here we said, rather than just focus on characteristics of the organizations themselves, leaders, and some key members of the organizations can promote identification. So I think that's additional insight we presented. And the last contribution is about more the social benefit of sports organizations. Now there's more and more research on what contribution sports can make to society. But you know, I would say this literature is somewhat disjointed, but in your paper, Essentially, we identified five types of psychological resources that sports organizations can promote and present to enhance well-being of people. So these five types of resources and also sprint pathway kind of provide a more of the synthesized or organized way of understanding the social benefit and contribution of sports organizations. And I know you mentioned 
a practical example there of, of how this can be used. But just from a broader perspective, I guess the sport managers, the, the sport organizations are wondering, how can this help me? So what practical advice uh, from your understanding based on this paper and, and experience as well, would you give sport organizations and those uh, that are involved, organizations that help out in, in, in crises and crises, what advice would you give them from a practical perspective? First, I think it's important for sports organization and their members and leaders to understand they have the ability to contribute to crisis recovery. So they have the capacity and this capacity must be leveraged. And this is not just about making donation, but it is about creating a sense of identification, a sense of oneness among people who are affected by a crisis. So I, the one implication I would say is a sports organization really must understand the ability and strategically and actively leverage this ability to promote crisis recovery effort. And also additional implication and kind of in addition to that is that leaders and managers of sports organization must be strategic and also must be intentional on communicating who is included as a members of the organizations in times of crisis. And also what we mean by the members of the organizations in times of the crisis. Because as I said earlier, we have to have a broad, uh, inclusive definition of organizations members in order for a sports organization to make a more broader contribution to society. So, you know, for example, they can focus on the community where they locate, they, they operate, and try to include all members of the community that are affected by crisis to be a members uh, of the organization. So again, so that uh, more people identify and they can exchange resources. And also they have to make sure the meaning of the organization identity is instrumental for the promotion of our well-being. So that helping others, uh, supporting others, and you not know, trying to exchange resources, that can be the important part and meaning of the organizations. And once people see this, the more broad identity, a boundary, and also uh, more uh, meaningful identity and meaning in time of crisis, then sports organization can expand the ability to promote uh, contribution uh, in times of crisis. Sounds like excellent advice for sport organizations and, and those involved in crisis recovery. And I, I love the idea of Firstly, you got to know that you have to be active. You can't just give a token donation or, or something that seems uh, not as active. You have to, like you say, leverage and, and actually get involved and, and be active. So that sounds like excellent advice. You had it's been uh, brilliant talking about this, a, a fascinating topic. And hopefully people take this on board and start using your framework to understand more about how sport organizations can help crisis recovery. Thanks so much, Yuhei. Yeah, thanks so much. And thanks for listening to Sport Management Review Insights. Head to the Sport Management Review website to check out all the latest research that's being published, including the article discussed in this episode, The Organizational Identification and Wellbeing Framework, theorizing about how sport organizations contribute to crisis response and recovery. That's it for this episode, but of course, there are many more you can listen to on your favorite podcast player. And if you could follow the podcast and give us a five-star rating, that'd be great too. Even a review would be fantastic. Until next time, it's bye for now.